Good morning. Joining, thank you for joining us this morning, turning your Bibles to Psalm 3. Psalm 3, we are going through a series we're calling God's Mixtape. Maybe today you'd call it God's Playlist. Uh, but we're walking through the first six psalms. And so today we are at Psalm 3, and uh, today we're going to look at fear. How does God's Word help us walk through fear? So if you would, whether you're looking on your phone or tablet or in your, uh, your physical copy uh, of the Bible, uh, we hope that you would read along with us. We're going to read the whole psalm right now, Psalm 3. Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him in God. But you, Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for how it is faithful in its content and faithful in our souls, that it speaks to our hearts and changes us and helps us to deal with every emotion we might have, every sin we might be challenged with, every time that we may want to give up, the, the word girds us, helps us, and changes us. So Lord, right now we ask of this word to change us, Lord, renew us, Lord, through your word and through your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes as you're creating a mixtape or a playlist and you're going on a long road, you might even, you've got the upbeat songs that get you through the beginning, but sometimes you throw in those sad, slow songs, those ones that help you deal with emotions. I know on my mixtape, when I was younger, I would have probably included Boys to Men, End of the Road. Boy, that chorus, although we've gone to the end of the road. And you know, you're, you're blasting that, you're singing that, and your people are driving by. Why is this person singing like this? Why is he crying? Maybe you're singing something new. You're like singing a song, sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la
And in this psalm in particular, helps us to deal with fear. It was written by David, as we know through the ascription and through many of the ones that were written particularly by David, uh, that it is written after his son Absalom had successfully chased him out of the kingdom. It was a very, very sad family story that the uh, Absalom's sister, uh, Tamar, had been assaulted by his half-brother. These are all David's children, uh, Amnon. And, and two years later, Absalom takes revenge and kills Amnon. And then uh, he, uh, Absalom is exiled. And then a couple years later, Absalom is brought back into the kingdom. Well, Absalom then brings and gets a, a, starts a coup against David. And it works. And David is exiled. And through this time, uh, David is, is sent out of the kingdom. The people are weeping. David is discouraged that this has happened in his very own family. And, and of course, as being king, he is now on the outskirts of the city, uh, running and, and running for his life. And now, I know that many of us, actually all of us, have never been the king of a Middle Eastern country. But we have all dealt with fear and faced times of fear. We faced tragedy. We faced times where we felt that there's no way out. We faced times that, that we know are discouraging and that we think in fear of the future. Just this week, I, I talked with many church members who are fearful right now during this time of the coronavirus. Things of what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with school next year? What's going to happen with, with the finances and everything that's happening in between? So this psalm helps us to hear and understand and know what's at the, at the bottom of our fear but how to take that fear and ground it in God. This psalm helps to give us four ways to face our fears with faith and according to the Bible. So as we look through this, I hope that we help all together, this psalm sees us, how we can face this fear in faith. Well, the first thing that we learn here, if you're taking notes, is that David shows us that we must face our fear by lament, lamenting, lament, cry out to God. Verse 1 and 2 is a lament. It is a crying out in anger, fear to God. Listen to how he says it. Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. I mean, this is real, right? Uh, David is literally outside the city with only 200 men. We read later on in 2 Samuel 15 and 16 that, that uh, Absalom is sending 12,000 men against him. And so uh, David has this real fear of death. But look at how it goes into this emotion. Many say about me, there is no hope for him in God. Maybe your version says there's no salvation for him in God. What, what either David is writing is what people are saying about David or what David is feeling on the inside. There is, there is not even, God can't even step in and do anything right now. And isn't that how fears pull us? Fears pull us to this place where we think that there is no hope or help in sight. And this is where the scriptures help us because 
we need to learn to lament. We need to learn to cry out to God because we tend to kind of fall in one ditch or the other as Christians. We tend to fall in one side where we say, oh, you know what? Buck up, Christian. Those feelings, push them deep down inside you. Carry on. Uh, soldier on. Just work through it. Well, well, that's not really the best way. That's not what we read in Scripture. Even Jesus, dealing with emotion, went to God in those emotions. He didn't hide those emotions. He didn't put those emotions away. He brought those emotions for clarity and foundation in God. And on the other side, we sometimes fall in the ditch of despair. That there is no hope. There is no help. We kind of run away from God because we don't even think God will be able to help us. But the Bible teaches us there's something different. That we can come to the God of the universe with our pain, with our sadness, with our fear, with our anger, with all these emotions and come to God who is the creator of the universe and bring those emotions to him so that he can help us walk through those emotions together. Brothers and sisters, God is not a distant family member that we only see on the holidays. He is an ever-present father who wants to hear the cries of his people. Mark Bogrop writes this, instead of giving God the silent treatment, falling in either despair, I can't do this, or denial, everything's fine, lament encourages us to talk to God about our struggles so that we can reaffirm our trust in him. Simply stated, Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Brothers and sisters, I believe that we have lost the ability in some ways to lament. We forget that lamenting is something that we must do, that we must even do communally, together. That we bring to God these emotions and despair and these anger, to bring this pain, but not just to get it out in the open but to bring it to an all-loving, powerful God. You know, that is why when we have structured our services, we have had a time of, of uh, admitting our sin, that we lament over our sin, that we lament over the ways that we disobeyed and sinned against God. But it's followed every time with a gospel song that says no. It is not that we stay in that pain, but a God who has brought us out of that pain. And so I encourage you this morning, if you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with that, whatever you're dealing with, that you cry out to God in order to trust Him. Brothers and sisters, I have lamented this pandemic. I've lamented and lamented the physical and financial and emotional wreck that this has caused people. I've lamented the fact that we as brothers and sisters aren't together. I've cried out to God, say, why during this time, why? I've cried out and say, how, how, God, why for these hurting families? This week I lamented over the death and injustice of Ahmaud Aubrey, the boy in Georgia who 
while jogging was hunted down by vigilantes and killed. And, and I lamented and I cried over the fact that, that millions of my brothers and sisters who are black and brown who have, who have had to have a conversation with their sons about going out in public and jogging that I would never have to have with my son. And I've wept. And brothers and sisters, we need to learn to cry out to pain in God. And maybe today that's what you need to do, to trust that in the end God will bring relief. God is in control. God is working. But we need to bring those pains and emotions to him. We need to trust that he will bring relief and in the end knowing that he is control number two. Once we've lamented, we need to glory. We need to put your weight or our weight on God. Verse 3 to 4, we see how, how David changed and fixed his glory on God. But you, Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. You see, David did not allow the, cha did not allow the challenge of his faith to cause him to run away from God. It actually deepened his faith. It caused him to, to deepen his faith in a powerful, sovereign God. And look at what it said. It, he admitted, God, you are, are my shield. I know that I can have faith in you. I know that you can, you will protect me. And, and we see this, this, this declaration of David that, that knowing that if I glory, if I focus on you, that even through this pain, even through this sadness, that you are protecting me. And you notice the shield is only good when you're facing the enemy. It is not when you're running away. It is not when you are uh, when you're running away from the pain, but a shield is as you're going through it. And there's a declaration of this that David is saying that I'm not running away. I'm actually facing this. And even as I face it, God, I know you will be a shield. He goes even in a stronger, even uh, uh, pronoun or adjective there that he's saying, it's about me, that the shield is all around me. I know, God, that you are doing things and protecting me in all different ways. So I don't need to fear because I know I'm being protected. Well, how does he know that he can lay a hold of this shield? How does he know that he is being protected? Because he's fixed his glory on God. What does that mean? Well, glory literally means to put your weight on. What are we putting our weight on? Well, when we fear, many times we are putting our weight or our glory on the things that we're most fearful about. That we are, are putting our weight on, on a relationship, on, a, on our money, on our job. And during those times of trial, we realize that we've put our weight in the wrong thing because that is not going to sustain us. And what David says here is that we must learn and we must fix our gaze, our weight, our trust, our glory on God because it is in him that we are fashioned true. And that in him, even the pain and suffering is for purposes of his glory and our good. 
there was a political strategist who was famous, and he wrote about how he had given his whole hope on this, this presidential election, a specific president, presidential candidate. And he, he said that uh, I, if this person wins, if, if this person is the one who gets elected, then all the injustices are going to be taken care of. Everything's going to work out. We're going to start to see all the things that I've complained about or worked towards come together. Everything's going to be set right. And sure enough, that candidate won. But three months later, this political strategist got cancer. And he wrote, Now I look and see how feeble-minded it was for me to put my hope in something that really doesn't matter. Now that I've got cancer, that political candidate has nothing to do to bring me victory over this. You know, we must think through what is it in our life that through trials and fear that we're putting our weight on. You see, it is when we trust in the Almighty God and that we see things through His kingdom, it is when we glory in God Himself that everything that we're fearful and worrying about, it looks so small. Roger Ellsworth said, Our trials become less trying when we place them in the glare of the greatness of God. David said we need to fix our glory. But this in verse 4, he, he said that I cry aloud to the Lord and he hears me from the mountain. What is David saying there? Well, now, now that I have put my glory in him, I realize that God is actually listening to me in this pain, that he's listening to me in this fear. Uh, he says from the mountain, it, it is there where the tabernacle had been had been built on the, the Mount Zion in Jerusalem that, that God hears where, where the covenant, uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant is there and the presence of God resides with his people. David is saying that God is hearing me in my pain. Even though I'm outside the city, even though I'm surrounded by enemies, God still hears me. Brother and sister, we know when we, because we have been saved, we have the spirit within us, no matter what is going on, that God of the universe hears us from heaven and hears our cry. And because of this, David says, we know that we do not need to fear. Charles Spurgeon said, we need not fear a frowning world while we rejoice in a prayer hearing God. So maybe to summarize these, these two verses up to this point is when you set your glory on a sovereign God, you fully put your trust in Him and you know He hears your pain, but you know assuredly He is protecting you. Isn't that good? And what does David say the result is? In verse 4, and in verse 3, He's the one who lifts up my head. I mean, this is universal in many ways. We know that when we're discouraged and we're down and, and we're fearful, what happens? We lower our heads. But just as we ask someone, maybe to a child or maybe to, hey, what, pick your chin up. 
hey, lift up your head. God is saying, I'm proud of you. You've gloried in me. You found that I'm the one that should be your anchor. You're great. I'm proud of you. Get your head up. And David said that he found at this place in his fear that as great as, his, as my family is, and I, I long to have family, I don't have that right now. My son has kicked me out of the kingdom. How I love my people. Well, the people have even rallied against me in this time. That, that the knowledge that I was a good king, well, I don't have that anymore. I thought I was a good king, but now this element, I realize I wasn't a good king. The political power that I, that I want, well, I don't have that now. Even though they're all gone, even though every bit of that that I had was gone, that's not my identity anymore. It is because I have your approval, God. It's because you have lifted up my head, your honor. I don't have anything to be afraid of. I don't have anything to be in despair over. You see, when we glory in God, we realize our identity, we realize what lasts, we realize where our hope truly is. And this results in number three, peace. Peace, receive the rest in God's care. Verse 5 and 6 says, I lie down to sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of thousands of people who have taken their stand against me at every side. Now, I've talked to several, many different veterans over my life. And one of the things that they all have the single thread of agreement in, that when they're overseas and they're serving, and they're in the midst of battle, the hardest time is at night. See, whether they're stationed uh, as guards or they're in their bunker sleeping, there's something about not knowing where the enemy is. When you're standing at the, the, the guard of the post, the lights of the compound, the lights of, the, uh, of where they are end at some point, and there's just darkness. And in that darkness, you don't know what's coming. Or if you're lying in your bunk, you don't know because you're, you're trying to go to sleep. But you think, I don't know, can I sleep now? Can, can I go to sleep? Because there's something of not having control in the darkness and at night. I mean, when you're awake and when it's light, you, hey, you've got a chance. You can, you've got a puncher's chance. You, you know what you're going to do. You know what's coming. But at night and sleep, it's hard to sleep. And when we're suffering and when we're in fear, it is hard for us to sleep. It's hard for us to rest in God's control. It's hard for us to rest and know what's going on in that fear. I mean, I've lost many nights during this COVID-19 situation, praying to God, thinking about what the next step should be, thinking about how we might do this or that. Some of you might be worried about school. My, my poor little niece, she wakes up in the morning fearful because she's learning geometry for the first time, and it, it's so scary. She wants to get up early and, and make sure she tackles that geometry, and see, she's so worried about it. I've got parents who are laying up at night figuring out how they're going to pay the bills. But David says, when I set my glory in him, 
when I glory at him, verse 5, I can lay down my head because I can know he is sustaining me. We can trust God. When we fix our glory in the right place, not in our fears and not in all the things that we're worried about, but in God, then we know that we can lay down and rest because he is in control. Charles H. Spurgeon preached about this, knowing the importance to trust the Lord to sustain us during our trials. And he said, the sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which the child of God is at night, giving perfect peace. What you're thinking about and fearful about right now is not going to give you peace when that's all you're focusing on. But when your glory and your focus is on God, it girds you and gives you a peace that passes all understanding because you know it's all in his hands anyways. And we don't need to fear. And so look to him for your fears to give you peace and as we can receive this peace as we, number four, petition and ask God for help. Seven to eight, listen to the petitions or the prayers that David said. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. Boy, these are pretty strong petitions. Uh, uh, hey, God, would you give, uh, give my enemies a Conor McGregor roundhouse kick to the cheek so that their teeth shatter and they fall out to the ground? David is real in his prayers. He, he has got enemies all around him. He's got 200 men. They have 12,000. He is, he is petitioning God to say, hey, God, I need you to defeat my enemy. But he goes on and prays and says, God, Save or rescue or bless your people. David is a good king. He made lots of mistakes. We see that God even says later on in his life, you're a man after my own heart. And David has failed big time. But David had a heart for his people. And he knew Absalom being in control was not good for them. So David brought the concerns of his heart to him. Give me victory and take care of my people. David petitions God through an act of prayer. W.S. Plummer, who is a Presbyterian minister, who writes an amazing one-volume uh, one commentary on Psalms, says this, Mortals never wield any other weapon so powerful than prayer. Brother and sister, you have the most powerful weapon at your disposal, and that is prayer. Yet how much time do we spend using, training it, and unleashing it as a weapon? How do we attack fear? Well, we attack it with going to God in prayer. I don't mean just using prayer as a rabbit's foot type of prayer. You know what that is like, you know, just kind of rub a rabbit's foot for for good luck and just go do what you want to do and many times we pray that way I've already made a decision and God I kind of want you to kind of postly after I've made this decision bless it so I can go and make this mistake but I want you to you to do it and please bless it I'm I've, already, I've not really consulted you to that now but you would you go ahead and bless it that's sort of like a just 
as much as a pagan would do by rubbing a rabbit's foot. Now I'm talking about taking and going to God for prayer, praying to God about the problem, asking for wisdom about the problem, praying for God to relieve the problem, praying asking God to, what to do about the problem. And then once he's given you wisdom through prayer, through the word, then go acting on the problem and asking God to bless you as you go through it. You see, when we do this, when we go to God and, and petition God, ask God, then we're coming with peace because we know we have now called out to the God of the universe who's in control, and it helps us to trust him with it. I mean, isn't that the message of Philippians 4, 6 through 7? Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer, and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. You see, brothers and sisters, I hope that as you're going through fearful times, that you're going to God in prayer. Not just after the fact, but all through it. How do we know that God is giving us peace? How do we know that God is answering prayers? Because of Calvary. Because see Jesus' death on the cross. And maybe more specifically, the Garden of Gethsemane. You see, we know that Sin has tainted our lives of every human's life, that we are under the wrath and punishment of God, and that there is no way that we can be restored to God. But God made a plan so that Jesus, the perfect man, the perfect God-man, came to earth and died on the cross. But there was a moment in Gethsemane where Jesus said, God, is there any other way? You know, is there any other way to save my people? Can this cup pass for me? Can some other way than me receiving your wrath for them in their place? Is there any other way? Silence. And Jesus replies, not my will, but yours. You see, Jesus, after praying that, allowed himself to go on the hands of the religious leaders and soldiers and was murdered on a cross for doing no crime against humanity and certainly not even a crime against God. And three days later, he rose to life. And now those who trust in him, who glory in him, who trust him for salvation alone and turn from their sin and turn to follow Christ can be saved forever in eternity with God, forgiven and restored. You see... God did not answer Jesus' prayers. So now God answers ours. Since he died on the cross, it has paved a way for us to know that in him and through him we have been saved and forgiven. We have been restored to God and our prayers are always answered for our loving Father. So this morning, if you're a believer, know that every prayer is being heard Know that every prayer is answered. And maybe today, whatever was keeping you awake last night or the night before, lay your head down to rest tonight.
after you have prayed and put your glory and trust in God. And maybe this morning today you need to pray a more specific and important prayer. And that's trusting Jesus with your life. Cry out to him this morning. Repent and believe. Allow God to make you a new person so that now you can see that even in your worry, even in your fear, even in your pain, God is a shield about you. And forever you are forgiven. And forever you are his. Today, maybe you need to cry out to God for salvation. But isn't it good as we read through this psalm that David wrote, in the midst of our fear, we can respond in faith. We can trust. We can glory in him. We can find peace. We can bring those petitions to God. Isn't it awesome that even in our fears, that there is a God who loves us? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this prayer this morning and this psalm. We pray, Lord, that as we have come, that we uh, encourage every heart that maybe is suffering through fear and worry, anxiety, pain, suffering, and loss. We pray that instead of being overwhelmed by the pain and fear, that we would all glory in you. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you have given your Son so that we may come to you made new. And that through our faith and through our hope, our hope is in you alone. And that it will drive out fear. We are thankful for this and that we can pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.